You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I mean, Brazilian Ty, he doesn't get out much. He doesn't watch any of those classics. I've missed a lot of them. I've never seen Harry Potter. Take that to the bank. I've seen one of them. I've never seen a Batman movie. Ah! Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Kura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and yes, we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Brazilian Thai. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh my God, I nailed that. But uh, <laughs> Monopoly's on. And I feel like crap already. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're at the beginning of day two. Uh, what did you get? What did you get in you on day one? Uh, a large Coke, a hash brown, and a sauce. I ordered a sausage and egg bagel, but they gave me a bacon and egg. So when I opened it, I was full of disappointment and then full of shame after I finished it. <laughs> How and sad regret. is that? Like, I like bacon as much as the next guy, but sausage is clearly the superior in this mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, like the sausage patties at at McDonald's are like, and even at Subway too. Like they're they're phenomenal. Yeah, they they absolutely are. So when you get bacon, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a yeah. disappointment. All I got today was the old medium coffee. Uh, I, I'm big about oh, the look app. at you. And <laughs> I'm big on the app because you can like collect rewards. So I've got like. I've got two or three free coffees. So today I got Algonquin Provincial Park and uh, and a free small coffee. So uh, there's a couple more pieces I can kind of reinvest until I get the old boardwalk. Did you get anything good? Uh, I got Lake Louise for like the 30th time. <laughs> that's all I could get last year. And the Montreal Airport. I- I've been in the Montreal Airport. I don't want this piece. <laughs> and I don't think the value... Of the real life Lake Louise matches the game. It's crap. No, yeah, it's, it's the light blue. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, that that's uh, what's what's the equivalent of boardwalk? I didn't grab a board this morning because I figure if I grab a board, I'm going to be more inclined to go. I'm hoping this was just a one off today. I got a board. <laughs> of course you did. I'm all in. Maybe let's give you my pieces and we can claim the, the prize as a podcast instead of just individually. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, week 18. I can't believe we're at this point of the season already, but here we are. And we start Friday night in Toronto as the Hamilton Tiger Cats look to try and catch up to those Ottawa Red Blacks for first in the East Division. The Tiger Cats are seven and a half point favorites. They're seven and seven. Well, the Argos are 3-11 and 11 and third in the East. The Tiger Cats look to make it two wins in a row. 
And Ottawa has lost six straight. Let's talk about Hamilton. They end up signing Terrell Sinkfield, which might be a name that you remember. He was a 1,000-yard receiver with the Tavies in 2015, and he was actually most recently playing DB in the NFL. And he was going to come to the CFL, I guess, earlier, but the Raiders ended up signing him as a DB. They just let him go, so now he's back in Canada. This guy is a big talent. Uh, Let's hope that the old six-game curse does not continue with this guy because being a receiver in Hamilton or Calgary is not a good place right now. No, they wouldn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole at this point in time. Uh, that Another weapon that they can add to this offense if he can get back to what he was before. Uh, like you said, a 1,000-yard receiver once before in this league. He, he's got the skill set to do it again. Uh, and you know, with, with the guys that they have hurt in Hamilton right now, it's a great add for that offense. Yeah, it, it, it totally is. And you, you look at the guys that are hurt right now with Saunders and Williams, and it is just not good right Tolliver now. Tolliver not doing much. Yeah, and he's actually he's been banged up as well. So it's been the Brandon mm-hmm. Banks show, and Luke Tasker has been, he's been holding his own as well. So if Singfield can do anything this season anything that resembles what he's done in the past, then it is definitely a good move. I really like any tie cats that you want in your lineup this week because the Argo defense is plain bad. Uh, <laughs> if you can afford to get the Did you say playing or plain? Plain. <laughs> that makes it even better. <laughs> If you can afford to have Ticats in your lineup, do it. The problem is most of them are pretty expensive. Yeah, it's not you're not going to find a lot of bargains. No. Uh, you know, Mike Jones maybe if if they continue to throw the ball his way. Uh Tasker at 17.1 against Toronto Brandon Banks at 21. Brandon Banks is the highest uh or I guess the most expensive receiver this week. Uh you know, and uh, he, he's returning kicks. He, he does it all, uh, you know, and he can break the big play. Um, you know, Jeremiah Masoli, 17.7. That's pretty respectable. Uh, well above his average against everybody else. So, I mean, th- this offense, uh, if it's clicking on all cylinders, look out. Well, and I mean, uh, John White is probably your best bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually does come at a pretty respectable price. And, you know, before the bye, they were giving him carries and – I mean, sometimes in the CFL, especially in fantasy, it can be pretty hard to get uh, a running back that gets volume, but he's not costing you $10,000, and John White just might be your guy. <laughs> and, and averaging 9.1. So, I mean, he, he's not the cheapest. He's not the most expensive. He's kind of in the middle of the pack and, and with an upside to where a touchdown kind of inflates his value a little bit more. The Argos, by the way, the worst rush defense in the CFL, giving up 123 yards a game. So, I mean, the Ticats seem to trust John White. If they're going to give him the ball, he should have a nice game this week against the Argos. As for those Argos, James Franklin gets the start. And for a lot of Argos fans' money, it's probably three or four weeks too late for James Franklin to be getting start. <laughs> uh, Brandon Bur- Burks looks like he's probably going to be starting again as well. He had himself a nice game last week. I think it was around 13 points. Um, 
and he was probably a drop pass from making that an over 20-point day. But, oh, that uh, TSN CFL Fantasy, they noticed, and they bumped his price up. I think he's around 4K right now. So yep. <laughs> uh, there's still a discount there, but not quite the $2,500 player he was last week. No, and it, rightfully so. I mean, you can only be that player for so long until who's ever running that website finally, you know, watches highlights and decides to change prices. It doesn't seem to happen very quickly. Um, yeah. It, if you can find a way, it, it makes perfect sense. And with him being what he is price-wise, it, he, he can fit into almost any lineup still. The Ticats are another one of those teams giving up over 110 yards a game on the ground, so it might be uh, a nice nice option to have them in your lineup. Although uh, Tressman and the Argo offense doesn't, they're not committing to a running back. I mean, Burks mm-hmm. probably had, he had eight or nine carries. You would like to see that get into the double digits for fantasy purposes. How do you see Franklin doing in this one? The Tiger Cats have the best pass defense in the CFL, 228 yards a game given up. That is a full 12 yards on average better than the Calgary Stampeders, just to put things into perspective Mm -hmm. there. Uh, Franklin might be in a little bit tough this week. Uh, The one thing that, that's going to save him, so to speak, would be the fact that he can move the pocket, much like his counterpart on the other side can do as well. Uh, move the pocket and maybe get different looks uh, down the field. But, I mean, with with the secondary they have in Hamilton and, and they're able to pressure quarterback, he's not going to be able to run all night. Uh, I, I don't see it. I, it. I don't see it being a complete disaster, but I don't see it being very successful at the same time. So, uh, I I don't know. Just Hamilton's defense is fast. They and they're scary, uh, and especially for a guy who doesn't get a lot of snaps in this in this offense. I know he's pre- he's getting the first team reps this this week, but uh, at game speed, it's totally different. And he might be without one of his best weapons in S.J. Green. So mm-hmm. not because of trade deadline, which he was rumored to be on the block and to be moving on Wednesday. But I assume that the, the big hit he took from Jordan Herdman in B.C. last week uh, meant that maybe some teams did not want to trade for S.J. But Deron Carter seems to have some sort of chemistry with Franklin and Franklin was throwing to him last week once he get into the game and threw him a touchdown pass so maybe there is some value yep. in Deron Carter. Amani Edwards has had some nice games against the Ticats in the past as well averaging just under 18 points against the Ticats over the last little while. Who do you have uh, winning this game? I, I have Hamilton uh, just I mean they're second they're seven and seven Toronto's three and eleven for a reason. Uh, you know, Hamilton wants to keep pace with Ottawa, and I just, they're just a better football team in almost every aspect. Uh, you know, kicking game, they're better. Offense is better. Defense is better. Uh, I just, and I don't care that they're on the road. It's barely a road game in Toronto, so uh, I'll take the Ticats. Yeah, this is probably the easiest road trip in the entire Canadian Football League for a team. And uh, Hamilton brings a good contingent of Ticats fans with them as well. So that helps Mm -hmm. out their cause. I have the Ticats as well. Now it's very rare that uh, these teams play three times. Well, not so rare, but it doesn't happen all the time. The Riders, 10-5, second in the West, go to Winnipeg, who are actually three-and-a-half-point favorites. And the Bombers are 8-7 and seven with uh, 
they're sitting at third in the West. Now, the Riders are on fire. Four straight road wins, seven of their last eight, and their record against the West is 5-2. and two. Wow. Uh, what a change. Yeah. Because when <laughs> Jones first got to Saskatchewan, the narrative was that massive losing streak and terrible performance against Western teams. And he he's turned it around. I I, I know like, I've gotten to discussions on Twitter before, you know, people saying, oh, I don't get why you hate Jones. Look at what he's done with the team, blah, blah. Yeah, that's great. I don't like his decision-making and his game management. That's what I have a problem with, and the whole Zach Claros thing is kind of blown up. Uh, you know, they're winning, but not with great quarterback play, which just at some point is going to bite us in the ass. Uh, but this... This team has turned basically almost every aspect around, minus the quarterback play. Uh, the defense is arguably one of the best, if not the best, in the league right now. And they just they make plays, and it, it's rare that a defense uh, makes as many plays as they do. At some point, that will regress. It's not going to stay like this. Uh, I, I know we say that about Winnipeg, and they still do it year in, year out. It seems to ball hawk, but... Um, yeah, it's just a complete, it's a completely different team. And I, I don't know what changed other than Duran Carter leaving. Well, and it's kind of funny because last year, the Ryder offense, they were, they were great. You know, I, I mm-hmm. really trusted them, uh, against, um, Winnipeg in week two, they put up 40 points. And then the next week against Hamilton, this is last season, 37 points, 38 against Toronto, 41 against BC, 54 against Edmonton, 38 against Winnipeg. There is not that kind of offensive output from the team this year. And last year, they really weren't getting the same amount of defensive returns. But what they're doing this year is crazy. They have nine on the season. The record is 11 from the 1987 BC Lions. So that just goes to show that, man, this uh, defense is making plays and kind of propping that offense up Mm -hmm. a little bit. You're going to want to see something better from uh, Zach Caleros in the offense. I'm, I'm really beginning to think it's kind of the cast around him uh, the receiving core is not not good, and no, it, it, there's kind of been a flip because last year, I mean, the defense was good, but they're not on this year's level. You know what I mean? Uh, they were yeah. giving up a lot more yards and points last year than they are doing this year. But I mean, the Bombers—they're on a roll right now, so they have to be talked about as well. They've won three straight, but they lost. Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl against the Riders and their Western decisively. Record, yes, their Western record is flipped with Saskatchewan two and five against Western teams. That's not good. It, they they have not been good inside the West Division, and them only being three and a half points favorites tells me that you know on a neutral field this is a tie game. Uh, you usually give three points to the home team regardless of situation. You go from there. So I mean, the, but the two teams kind of on the same role right now. Uh, you know, just both defenses are able to have that playmaking ability. And I think um, with Winnipeg's offense, like that that run the, or the run offense, like the rushing offense with, with Andrew Harris is just so much better than the Riders, I think gives them a slight edge, I, I think. Um, you know, but then you look at that Saskatchewan defensive line and, and they have the ability to, to stop almost anything, whether it be the pass game or the rush game from 
their front four. So the Bombers will have a little bit. They'll they'll have. I I, I would guess they'd have a little bit of trouble with that to start. But I mean, they they got a good coaching staff to make adjustments. Um, yeah, like like you said, three straight. The two and two and five inside the West is just that. That's not going to get the job done. Um, I they're in a they're in a playoff spot right now. But I mean, if that if that train continues, they're not going to be there for very long. Saskatchewan, probably the healthiest team in the CFL at this point in the season. And they've gotten pretty lucky, especially on the offensive line, where they've stayed healthy most of the year. And at the beginning of the year, it was considered a point of weakness. But the fact that they've been able to play together and not really uh, have that many injury issues has made them a pretty good offensive line they've given up the least sacks in the cfl but last week against edmonton center dan clark was injured and he limped off the field he ended up finishing the game but in practice this week brendan labat has been practicing at center and josiah st john and Taryn vaughn were getting reps at left guard so it looks like this move that chris jones made with cavis reed in montreal and deadline day yesterday kind of helps with that offensive line depth a little bit. They trade Josh Stanford and their second-round pick to the Owls in exchange for offensive lineman Philip Blake and Patrick Lavoie. I really like this move for the Riders, actually, and I'm a, I'm a fan of Patrick Lavoie. He is uh, he's a big kid. He's mm-hmm. hard to tackle. He's not, you know, touching the ball every play, but he is an asset, a Canadian obviously, to any team and Blake adds a little bit more depth to that offensive line. So I think it's a good trade here. Blake has started every game that he has been in Alouette. 57. And what did we talk about on our last show? About how they don't have an offensive line right now. It's not good enough. It's patchwork. And they trade an offensive line starter. What is Montreal doing? (laughs) Well, I know this is Ottawa, but let's talk about that. Montreal was also involved in another deal. They trade their second-round pick, Ottawa does, to Montreal for linebacker Chris Ackie, who has had a hell of a season. And another Canadian starter for the Alouettes, Mm -hmm. as it looks like Cavis is trying to recoup picks lost in the Manziel trade. Aki this season has 81 tackles, two interceptions, and a forced fumble. Big thing here, Aki was in the last year of his deal. So if they knew Mm -hmm. that he wasn't going to re-sign with Montreal, this is a good move for the Alouettes. It's an even better move for the if he Red Blacks, signs, but And if he signs back in Montreal, it looks even better. Well, yeah. Uh, Aki played with Thorpe, so I assume mm-hmm. uh, Noel said, hey, we got to go get this guy if we yeah. can. And Pruno's been banged up on the Ottawa defense, so it's a nice move for them. But Cavis losing himself another Canadian starter. Like, I, I get wanting to recoup the draft picks they lost in the Menzel deal. That makes complete sense to me, but... But trading Philip Blake and Aki, you're creating two huge holes. That and and the offensive line was already a hole. You're making that even you're making that even bigger. Aki is, you know, a national, which makes it a bigger hole because now you have to make sure that like, now you got a, the ratio to worry about. Like I don't get it. I don't understand. Now I know that the O line struggled. They didn't look good in Montreal. But I mean, this guy has started every game he's played, so he's obviously good enough. I mean, he was a Big 12 All-Star when he played at Baylor. Like, 
this, this move doesn't make any sense to me for Montreal other than getting that draft pick back. Well, whatever. Like, I mean, you just basically filled a need for Saskatchewan and said, whatever, we'll just take this back. Like that sec, they better, they better be drafting offensive linemen. If it's such a problem for that team that these picks have to be offensive linemen and they have to be, they have to be good. You can't miss on these picks now. Like, the, the offensive line, it's such, it's such a dumpster fire. I, I just don't even, I could go on and on. And it's just, it's a broken record. I mean, we talk about this every week. And if Cave still has a job next year, which at this point we don't know <laughs> if he does, he's kind of the cockroach of the CFL, right? He can't, he's, he's always getting himself a job somewhere and good for him, but he has a lot of work to do in the off season. And that goes without mm-hmm. saying, I know that, uh, Vernon Adams has re-upped. Um, Manziel is under contract for next season. And Pipkin's going to be a free agent after this one. So I think the quarterback situation is probably okay. But Chris Ackie is probably gone. Patrick Lavoie is gone. Philip Blake is gone. And John Bowman has said that he's 98% sure he's retiring after this season. So Cavis <laughs> made a lot of moves last season, last off season. He's going to have even more work this season mm-hmm. to give his quarterback something to work with. And we have seen evidence that he will not fix anything in free agency. It looks good on paper. Looks looks like the team should be better and then this is what we get year in year out with him at the helm. So I, I my expectations are non-existent. Now, if the Wenton Halls decide to fire him, completely different story and it all depends on who they get in there. Riders win the Grey Cup, maybe Chris Jones goes and tries to fix Montreal because his ego would absolutely love that. <laughs> he totally would. But what what other position could they add to Chris Jones' title? Maybe the Wenton Halls cut him in. Yeah. yeah, he's part owner, GM, defensive coordinator, head coach, <laughs> D-line coach. Just add just add some something that, you know, doesn't even matter. <laughs> like, you know, popcorn vendor. But f- football inflator. Like who cares? <laughs> Come on, it looks good on a resume, Chris. Come to Montreal, <laughs> man. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> Someone, somehow, we were talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders mm-hmm. here. I'm not sure if you can trust any member of the offense as far as fantasy goes for this week in Winnipeg. I'm trusting one. You are trusting one, and I assume we're not going to get to it until we get to uh, your fantasy roster near the end. Let's of the just show. say, let's just say, I've been burned by him numerous times in the past. Zach Calero this year, maybe. <laughs> he uh, he's averaged because sixteen he, points because he's so cheap. Yeah, the, it's getting pretty tough with quarterback. I, I know where you're yeah. coming from there. Who I, I mean, Marcus Thigpen or Trey Mason? Maybe are they going to get the ball? Yeah, I know. Do you ever look at the forecast though? Do, do you ever consider that? Because in Winnipeg on Saturday, <laughs> two degrees, rain and or snow. 
so it's to me, snowing right now. Uh, on the Winnipeg so. side of things, that screams it's going to be all Andrew Harris. God, I hope so. What is Saskatchewan going to do? I, I I mean the passing game's not good as it is. Throw those short throw those short passes and hope for the best because they won't commit to the run. Yeah, they they've used those short passes as their run game and Yeah. Uh, Just I, them. I, I, as for receivers, I would stay away, but if yeah, you got you're basically flipping a coin between Trey Mason and Marcus Sigpen and you have no idea who's going to be in to get carries. As for Winnipeg, Weston Dressler left practice on Wednesday but ended up returning as a non-participant. O'Shea said he should be okay to go this weekend, but that's you taking Mike O'Shea's word, and I I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat ended up returning to practice, but it doesn't look like he's quite ready to go either. I did say the forecast. I kind of gave a little bit of a spoiler there. I, I do like Andrew Harris this week. The uh, Ryder defense is one of the three defenses in the CFL giving up less than 100 rush yards a game. But Andrew Harris was able to have a hell of a game against them in Labor Day. So I think Paul Lapolice figured something out. And uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt if Mr. Harris has himself another big game this weekend. And you it would. I don't think it would matter who it was against. You're, you're not really ever surprised when Andrew Harris, uh, you know, has a hundred yard game. You're more surprised when it's a fifty yard night with ten carries. Yeah. Um, like he is. If you can find a way to fit a ten thousand dollar running back into your lineup, that you know, it's usually guys that are that high will usually pay off. Thing is, you could get Labor Day Andrew Harris, or you could get. Banjo Bull, Andrew Harris. Yeah, because Labor Day, 15 carries for 158. Uh, what did he do yeah. at the Banjo Bowl? <laughs> it, it was under 70 yards, I think. I don't even think he hit 70. So, yeah. And we know what this defense can do. So, I mean, it's it's he's, he's usually really consistent. Uh, that's, I don't know what, what else you can really say about him. Like, he does everything. Um Catches the ball, runs the ball. He had 10 carries for 21 yards at the Banjo Bowl. Yikes. And one catch for 13. So, I mean, Saskatchewan's proved that after seeing him for a game, they were able to make the adjustments. Whether or not Winnipeg can make the adjustments back into their favor to to get the run game going this weekend is going to depend on whether or not they win this football game. Dressler's been having nice games. Uh, Darvin mm-hmm. Adams is consistent in that receiving core. We'll see if Dressler plays. If he doesn't, maybe Darvin is uh, another number one uh, target, and he already is in that Winnipeg offense. And maybe for your fantasy lineup, if you want to go with him, who do you got in this one? Taking the Riders, just, you know, these two teams evenly matched right now with with how they're both playing. I just think the Riders' defense right now has has a has a little bit of an edge, and it'll cancel out the edge that Winnipeg has in the run game. I'm gonna pick Winnipeg here. It's tough to beat a team three times in one season. They're gonna have to beat them four times to get to the Great Cup. <laughs> yeah, it can be done. It totally can be done. Uh, but I'm gonna go Bombers here. I, I think the cold weather is gonna be tough. On Zach and the Riders, and Andrew Harris will flourish in it. And 
the the bomber defense is forcing those turnovers and they're firing in mm-hmm. all cylinders. Caleros had the fumble last week and the interception. The bombers might be able to force him into more mistakes as well. So I'm going to give the the home team the edge. You you say that you know the the cold weather might have a adverse effect on Zach Caleros. Not like the nice warm weather has been any better for him. <laughs> Man, you're a hater. <laughs> no, I'm a realist. It's different. <laughs> uh, saying thank you to our sponsor this week, Park Power. Uh, they're based out of Sherwood Park, Alberta, and it's really cool what they do. You're getting power. You look at your bill, it's crazy, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you, five bucks worth of power and the rest is delivery charges. But these guys, small co- small company, low overhead costs, and they donate 10% of their profits to local charities. It's real easy to make the switch for your natural gas and power. So parkpower.ca. Money staying right here in Alberta, supporting Alberta jobs. So parkpower.ca to make the switch today. Uh, the third game, we're in a, we're in a triple header, another Super Saturday. I'm a big fan Sweet. of uh, <laughs> Edmonton, home to Ottawa. And Edmonton has just been limping along. But somehow they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. They're seven and eight. <laughs> Fifth in the West, Ottawa eight and six, and first in the East. Ottawa's kind of been all over the place in the last little while. Two and two in their last four, and four and three on the road. Edmonton has lost three of five, but are five and two at home. Five and two at home. Uh, Ottawa, I think this is really cool. The 67s, the junior hockey team out there, is going to be wearing Red Blacks-themed jerseys this Sunday. Uh, William Powell, Greg Ellingson going to be on hand signing autographs. I think this is a really cool thing when a city has an ownership group with all the teams under one banner. Yeah, and it makes it so easy for cross-promotion and, you know, for managing... Uh, facilities and getting everything that aspect you can do stuff with both teams or all three teams like we see in Toronto with you know Raptors, Leafs, TFC and now the Argos all under MLSC um, you know and you can take money out of one pocket and put it in the other if a, if a team needs needs stuff so I mean you can do it that way as well it, it's just it, it's it's a, it's a positive for everyone involved. William Powell has to be the most popular pick, but he's going to cost mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah, he is the most expensive running back. He does not come cheap at all, but I, I think it could be another one of those games when uh, the thermometer's dropping a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, there's more emphasis on running. Edmonton's rush defense is middle of the pack, 106.3 yards given up on the ground. But when their defensive line is doing their job, um, when Almondo Sewell is doing what he can do in the middle of the line, they can be tough to run against, but it almost seems like William Powell at this point is basically unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, and, and him and Andrew Harris are going to go right down to the wire as long as they both stay healthy and, and battle for that rushing lead. Uh, you know, and the Edmonton defensive line, they can get it, if they can get pressure and, and stop the run and they're able to disrupt a little bit of the pass game, we've seen Ottawa's pass offense go to crap um, when and not even in games where they get it's just it the Trevor Harris inconsistent so um, it's gonna be on the defensive line of the Eskimos to to 
get into the backfield and disrupt this offense and make things happen for their secondary or make life easier for their secondary because uh, we know that this offense can give up or this defense, sorry, can give up a lot of pass yards. Maybe not the points, but the pass yards are definitely there. And, you know, if if Harris, like I know we say that you got to establish a run to get the pass game on, but with this defense and, and the way that Harris can sling the ball around, he can use the pass game to set up the run at the same time. So it it's going to be... It's going to be pick your poison, and, and hopefully you can shut down one of the aspects. you got to assume that Benavides and the Eskimo defense is going to be desperate to make things happen because the offense has not been clicking on all mm-hmm. cylinders, but it seems like Benavides doesn't trust his secondary to play man-to-man, and they hardly ever blitz. And I think that's what they're going to have to do for Trevor Harris. But at the same time, do you want to play man-to-man on Greg Ellingson, Brad Sinopoli, and Deontay Spencer? I, I would like to see it just to see Grimes get beat, <laughs> and then and then chirp and then chirp afterwards. It's like, dude, really? Well, th- this happens in every every <laughs> CFL defense. My favorite part is when a quarterback overthrows a guy by seven yards, and then the DB celebrates. Yeah, oh, it happens in the NFL all the time too. And the coach is like, "Yeah, come on, like, you, you DB, you did nothing. <laughs> you did nothing." <laughs> if well, anything, if anything, it makes you look bad because the, the receiver is behind you. Yeah, <laughs> he beat you. It's like a yeah. guy hitting the post on a breakaway. You know? <laughs> yeah. The you only person nothing, who should be goalie? happy about that is the goalie. The only person who should be happy about that is the goalie because that's all he gave him to shoot at. Is the way I look at it. So Ottawa's rush defense, they're actually a top four in the league. Their pass defense is middle of the pack. Both of these teams are actually middle of the pack here. So I, I can't trust having Gable in the lineup because the Eskimos nope. just don't give him the ball. No, it makes zero sense to me. I, I don't get it. He averages over five yards a carry last game. He doesn't get the ball like on a like, – Give him the ball. Let him make plays. You can chew clock. They had the lead. Like, I I don't understand how... I, I Same with Jeremiah. Jo- Jeremiah Johnson got the carries last week. Great. This week, who knows what the heck's going to happen. Well, CJ Gable Sutton doesn't, starts. Doesn't we'll get, talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't get... Doesn't get... Uh, doesn't get carries consistently. Like, William Powell, we've seen get not get shut out on carries when it... They're on the three-yard line, and that you should be running the ball. Like I, I don't get what's going on right now in the CFL with guys not not getting the opportunities. Uh, if I'm Edmonton, I'm giving the ball to CJ Gable. If I'm Ottawa, I am not worried about CJ Gable right now. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. But they got a new. Uh, who knows if he'll be in the lineup? But they got a linebacker uh, coming in, and Chris Ackie to help mm-hmm. out with uh, all kinds, all sides of that defense. Duke Williams. Averages 3.8 points in his career against the Red Blacks, but uh, I can't really trust having Stafford or Hazleton, maybe <laughs> Bryant Mitchell, but it's hard to trust any mm-hmm. of the offensive pieces, even Mike Riley at this point. Yeah. Um, like Duke is obviously going to be the number one target, and he should be. I mean, he is the best receiver in that in that core right now but Mike Riley at $12,800 get out of here with that garbage yeah it's there's an, it's ridiculous it there's no way you can justify that this week absolutely no way after what we've seen the last couple 
Makes zero sense. Who picking a win here? Uh, I am taking Ottawa because Edmonton is on the short week. Now, part of the reason I picked Winnipeg is because Saskatchewan's on the short week. But I'm going to pick Edmonton, even though they're on the short week. So, <laughs> hmm. well, screw me, right? Like, what do I know? <laughs> hey, it's just the me talking out of the both side of my mouth and calling myself I, I, out. I guess um, I took Saskatchewan too. So I mean, but I just after what we saw from Edmonton last week and then being on a short week, I don't see a lot of improvement. Yeah, they, I just keep waiting for that offense to explode. You know, but well, they're not playing Montreal. Yeah, that's true. They're just feast or famine. They they either have a big, you know, 80-yard play and they won't run the ball, so they they never drive uh have sustained drives, but at the same time they're getting pinned at their 10-yard line all game long yeah. too. And by not running the ball, their drives are quick. Yeah. So they're not they don't chew a lot of clock. I'm still going to go Edmonton, and if they don't win this, probably the last time I pick them this season. All right, so are you saying if they don't win this, they don't make the playoffs? Dude, if they don't win this, I'm, uh, I might bet that they're not going to make the playoffs, although Calgary oh. or BC has Calgary twice. So yeah, that's But that, once at home. Yeah, and you know what? Calgary might uh, pack it in for that last game in Vancouver, too. Mm-hmm. We'll see how things go here. Uh, Calgary, 10.5-point favorites over those BC Lions. They're 12-2, first in the West. BC, 500, and sitting at fourth. It's been talked about a lot. BC, 1-6 on the road, 2-4 inside the West, but they've won four of their last games, or last five games. Calgary, undefeated, 7-0 at home. They've won four of their last five, and they're 4-2 in the West Division. They will clinch first with a win and a Saskatchewan loss. We do start with BC. They did release Trayvon Van, and they've already announced that Travis Lule and Tyrell Sutton will get the starts this week. Solomon Elamimian will not play. Uh, He's been cleared. He does want to practice and play a few games before the playoffs if they make it. Now, it hasn't been talked about a lot, which is kind of surprising. Because this is Wally Buono's last last go round. Um, mm-hmm. We thought we went through this, you know, five years ago or whatever. But uh, <laughs> it's true this time, and it's his final game in McMahon Stadium. He has coached 141 regular season games at McMahon with a record. Tell me if this is good: 103 wins. 37 losses and one tie. <laughs> I'd like to know Dave Dickinson's winning percentage. Yeah, it's probably at better at this point. What does he have, one or two losses at McMahon since he took over? It's crazy. I think so, something um, like that, yeah. But Wally did win three Grey Cups as the Stampeder head coach mm-hmm. in 92, 98, and 2001. So not only is he a Lions legend, he is a Stampeders legend, and uh, I'm sure he'll get his due and he'll get a standing O in Calgary this weekend. Does The Rock show up for this game? Oh, an ascent. Maybe he goes to the last game in Vancouver. That'd be unreal. The The Rock shows up to say goodbye to Wally? Yeah, but they do it like they did on Raw that one night where he totally just trashed everybody that came out. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> yeah. That was great. 
Yeah, Rock just cuts a promo on him for getting cut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do not like any members of the Lions in this one. Not against this defense, no. Uh, Lule does average 18.5 against Calgary. Um, With that shoulder, I don't know. Uh, This defense can get to the quarterback, and if he gets hurt again, Jenna's going to come in. So I would stay away from both quarterbacks uh, just because of the injury aspect. Um, Yeah, Chris Rainey maybe because of the returns. I I have a feeling PC's going to get a lot of kicks their way. Uh, Like you said, Sutton's starting. So obviously you're staying away from Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, I just everything right now screams no on the BC side of the ball. By saying that, they're going to put up 40 points on Calgary, (laughs) shock them at home, and we're going to look like complete fools. Yeah, I know they beat Calgary in uh, the preseason, and even in the preseason, people were like, yeah, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And then they remembered it was preseason football. Yeah, yeah. We could have another snowy game in Calgary. We could have... uh, Two whiteouts this weekend, one in Winnipeg and one in Calgary. I I love snow football so much, and that's partly why Mm -hmm. I loved the Grey Cup in Ottawa last year so, so much. Uh, But maybe... Maybe BC will toughen up and play okay in the snow. We we know what what happens in Calgary when it snows. (laughs) I almost need a Calgary swear jar at this point. Yeah, like... You crap on them more than I crap on Montreal, I think. <laughs> in this episode, anyway. <laughs> well, we'll see uh, what happens here. Uh, as far as Calgary goes, I would not uh, blame you for picking Eric Rogers or Bo Levi Mitchell or Don Jackson in this one. I mean, that that basically seems to be the only three players at this point because mm-hmm. of all the receiving injuries in Calgary. And we don't know who out of those, like Marky Thambles and Lamar Durant and those guys, who's going to get the looks. Yeah, we know Eric Rogers is, you know, yeah, or Breskis in. We know Eric Rogers is an established piece of that receiving core. He's going to get looks. Don Jackson's going to get touches out of the backfield, uh, and you know, get get the screen passes. So any one of those three, even if you can throw Bo Levi Mitchell in there, if you can find room for him, it could be a big night uh, for the Calgary quarterback. Who are you picking? Oh, I'm taking the stamps. I, I don't even think it's a question. Yeah, me too. The Lions have just been brutal on the road, and the stamps are what they are at McMahon Stadium. Now, your fantasy lineup. How's she looking? <laughs> well, because I'm a glutton for punishment, I took Zach Kolaros. I'm shocked uh, about going... this. You're crapping him nonstop. <laughs> yeah, but he's cheap. And, I mean, if I can get 10 points out of him instead of paying you know, $12,000 for 10 points out of Mike Riley... <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, John White, Don Jackson, Greg Ellingson, and Deontay Spencer, Levi Noel, because I just I, I had to get a cheap receiver in there, and he maybe a safety valve for for James Franklin and the Ottawa Red Blacks defense because the offense in Edmonton right now is subpar. You know, we're, we're almost at this point where you have to pick a cheap guy and try to hit a home run with it. Mm-hmm. And. I've got three dollars left, so Whoa! suck on that, Travis. <laughs> so I got one hundred and forty-five bucks left. My quarterback <laughs> right now is James Franklin. I figured it would be. <laughs> Why? No, it's because it, because it's just, I, I that was who I would have thought you would picked. Oh and wow! You did, well, so. let's see if he can predict the rest of my lineup. 
Okay, so you got John White. Yep. Uh, you probably have Don Jackson. No. Oh. Hmm. Oh, uh, you have uh, Brandon Burks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then you probably threw in. I think this is it's going to get tough for you here. Yeah, I'm gonna. You didn't take anybody from BC. Uh, it's a kitty cat. Okay, so then you would have taken Mike Jones. No, I'm just going to tell you, take... you the rest now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I I got the quarterback and the two running backs, so I'll take. Oh, and your defense is going to be super cheap. No, you're okay. No, you went with the Riders' defense. Didn't I did you? not. I did not. So oh. I got Brandon Banks. I spent a lot of money there. I went R.J. Harris, and I mm-hmm. actually went Shaq Evans in my flex. He's only thirty three hundred bucks, and he's getting the yeah. targets. He had six catches last week against Edmonton. He had six against Montreal. And while while every catch seems to be an adventure with him, he's still uh, he's still making them happen. <laughs> My defense, the Winnipeg Is Blue Bombers, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, yeah, fifty six hundred bucks. Now I've got them at fifty eight twenty four. Now they went up since you made your lineup. Oh, and it looks like it doesn't screw me out of those. No, you get it. It's like it's like when you make a bet, man. You get it at that at that uh, at that price point. And it's funny because when I click Shaq Evans, it says he's uh, thirty eight hundred, and I've got him at thirty three. Ah, so you cheated. <laughs> well, what's the Bombers' defense been doing uh, lately? Against Ottawa, they had five points. Against Edmonton a few weeks ago, twenty nine. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm hoping for one of those twenty nine point days, or even you know, an average between those two at seventeen wouldn't be terrible. Hey, that would not be terrible. I would take that uh, to the How's bank. How's that for some quick math? <laughs> well done. Well done with the math, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We're, Here we're a part of the, the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. If you just go to albertapodcastnetwork.com, there is a podcast all over the place. If you like movies, check Emily Missed Out. She watches classic pop culture filled movie gems that she's never seen. I really like the idea of that podcast. I I mean Brazilian Thai, he doesn't get out much. He doesn't watch any of those classics. I've missed a lot of them. I've never seen Harry Potter. Take that to the bank. I've seen one of them. I've never seen a Batman movie. Ah! We've been through this this season. <laughs> yeah, but but I've watched Bull Durham like 50 times. <laughs> Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription on iTunes, and we'll talk to you Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.